drugs are a horrible thing. I mean, I've I've hurt my family members, I've hurt friends, I've hurt girlfriends because I was so self-centered. I was very selfish, and that's what sin basically is. It turns us into these selfish, selfish creatures. Staigute, welcome, my friends, to the Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, Mario Swampy from the Samson Cree Nation is going to cover a lot of ground, from answering the question about being Native and Christian to sharing how he was able to willingly offer forgiveness to the man who killed his brother. Jesus is the Son of God. You know, He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one God sent to earth to pay the price for our sins. The beautiful thing about that is the more I learn about God, it's it's like an understanding that, you know, yes, I'm native, but there's also other cultures. And, and Jesus used, sometimes used culture. He used the Jewish culture to make himself known and relevant to this world. So for me as a native, there's always those questions. Well, how can you be native and a Christian? And well, well, we already believe in God. We, we already pray to the one creator. But it's through that understanding that it's not the religious aspects of, of if we perform all these things. It's like, no, we need to receive Christ as our Savior because we were all born into sin. The more I've learned about the sinful nature and how sin, the curse of sin and death, how it entered, I mean, it's it's evident all around us. We think with technology that we're advancing as, as a civilization, but morally we're declining and, and we're, we're becoming more selfish, more self-centered, more more evil <laughs> and it's it's more evident all around us in our daily lives through through media through movies through television all of us sin all of us have a conscience that we've done something wrong and uh a lot of us try to to quiet that by thinking if we commit enough righteous acts it's going to cover that and and I knew that like me as a drug addict you know <laughs> you know you've done wrong you've know you know you've hurt people Drugs are a horrible thing. I mean, I've, I've hurt my family members. I've hurt friends. I've hurt girlfriends because I was so self-centered. I was very selfish. And that's what sin basically is. It turns us into these selfish, selfish creatures that we only care about our wants, needs, desires, whatever. And drugs multiply that by a hundred. You become this selfish, selfish creature that I, I, I'm sad to see it nowadays that people sacrifice their families for it, sacrifice their own children for it, in a sense that they'll neglect their kids or or do whatever to to get this high that makes I don't know, it makes a person so selfish. And that's what sin really is. And and as as I like read books, Christian books and as I hear sermons, everything always boils down to that. The sin is is selfishness in in that it separates us from God. It removes us from God. And, and that's the thing, learning about a holy God and, and a God who, like, evil can't even stand in, in God's presence because God is so holy. Sin would just be consumed in God's presence is what it is. And and I, I was actually, as I was learning about the crucifixion of Jesus, and when Jesus was forsaken and he was calling out to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God actually had to turn away from his own son when all the sins of the world were heaped on him. Sin 
cannot even stand in God's presence. So once that sin was heaped upon Jesus and he died and, and took those sins away, then when he was resurrected, then that's when he was reconnected with God the Father. And, and that's amazing to me because if it wasn't for him, like, man, we'd all be lost. We'd all be separated. I've heard the comments of people say, oh, we're living in hell on earth right now. People are have no clue, I, I don't think. Everything that hell, the Bible talks about hell with the separation and the torment and the torture and all of that stuff, I just can't even imagine it. And I'm thankful for God's salvation because I know I was screwing up my life. I know I could have died in a lot of instances and who knows where I'd be eternally. But praise God that, you know, I have Christ in my life, that I, I, I don't have to experience that. And the most amazing thing is that is, is it's, it's not the fear of hell that drives us to Christ, but it's, it's God's loving kindness and it's his forgiveness. The Bible even talks about it. You know, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And, and when you're so humbled and so, when it's, I guess when that revelation hits you of how good God's grace and God's love is, it's such a humbling, humbling experience, I guess. And you become eternally grateful. And you no wonder why God is worthy of worship and praise and honor because it, without him, it's just, I, I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine. When I was in Teen Challenge, you didn't have to convince people very hard to be excited about it. Man, we were drug addicts. We were alcoholics. Some of us gang members or whatever, you know. But when we were saved, we knew what we were saved from. But sometimes people think, well, I've done good all my life. I didn't join any gang. I didn't do any drugs. But you know what? We're, we've all sinned. We've all done something to break God's law. Even just being born, we were born into that sin. And that's why we need a Savior. And that's what makes it so exciting, is that Jesus is saving us from sin, from ourselves, from damnation, from everything. And, and when we call Jesus our Savior, all of that comes into play. And for me... Even being a Christian for how many years now, I'm still humbled that God saves me from myself. Jesus saves me from myself because I find myself at times where I'll have these thoughts that are just like, man, where did that come from? Am I even saved? Where did, you know, where did that? But it's the sinful nature that still exists. You know, on this earth we'll never arrive. And we can't look to people like they've arrived either because I'm finding that sometimes people get so disillusioned in the church when spiritual leaders fall is because they're looking at man to be their savior or to be their example when God never intended any of us to be that. Jesus is the only one who's supposed to be that for us. And we need to keep our eyes on him, not on man. When my brother was killed, um, the man who killed him, uh, like I said, the first comment that came out of my mouth to my mom was just leave it in God's hands. It was already at that point, even though I wasn't a full-out, like, living for Christ individual, I understood forgiveness. And at that moment, I chose to forgive the man who killed my brother. I believe the man went on to receive one month in jail or something like that, and uh, he was back out in the community. It's kind of amazing how God works things out. I, I've had a chance to encounter this man over the years. And one time, I think I handed him a gospel track. Another time, him and I were the only individuals in this weight room. We're working out. And um, I don't know. I, obviously, for him, it was a really uncomfortable setting. So he came over. 
and we started talking and I told him, I forgive you. And, uh, so we, we moved on from that point where I made it understood to him that I, I've chosen to forgive you. So after I graduated university, I came back to the community and it would just so happen that this man and I would work together. And, uh, it was, it was amazing that only God could do something like that. God could put our paths, you know, together and me have me set an example and not just talk about God, but show a true physical example of forgiveness. It got to the point with, with me and this individual where there was a group of employees who were against me for whatever reasons. I mean, I think anytime you want to make positive change, you're always going to have opposition. And I encountered that very harshly. And uh, this man had kind of sided up with uh, this other group. And I remember being approached and, and I was threatened legally, politically, physically, and even spiritually. Like they were saying, oh, we're doing sweats against this place and whoever's doing this stuff is going down and types of comments like that. But the fear that I used to experience as a kid, God removed all that and gave me this boldness and this courage in the midst of it to stand up. And, and sadly, this individual was, was involved with this other side. But it just so happened that God worked things out that me and this man were in my office uh, talking. And, I, and before we even got into anything, I said, I want you to know something. Ever since God came into my life and I became a Christian, you know, I've learned to forgive. And I said, I want you to know I really do forgive you. I don't look at you through the eyes of bitterness or anger or resentment or, or anything. I said, I, I forgive you. And he looked at me and he said, thank you. I, I feel that. And I said, I want you to know my family forgives you. I said, we've had to grieve. We've had to deal with all this stuff, but we all forgive you. What was even more astonishing was he said, thank you. He said, I know that. And, and I, I'm thankful to the Father and I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to Jesus that you've forgiven me. <laughs> and so it, it was pretty amazing. So at the end of it all, I told him, I said, you know what? We work together and I'm here. I've never lied to you from day one. I've always said I wanted to see your program succeed. And I'm going to tell you that again today. So at the end of it all, we stood up, we shook hands. His son actually works for me and him and his son and I get along great. We have a great relationship. But that is all just glory to God and a reflection of what God's forgiveness can do because Ever since that moment I've chosen to forgive him, I've never had to to deal with that bitterness and that resentment and that hatred, which really would only weigh heavy on me. I left it to God and said, God, that this is too much for me to carry. I'm going to give it to you, and I forgive this man. And since that day, I don't have to walk around carrying that. And I can honestly, genuinely look at this man with a love for him because of the love of Christ in me loves this man as well because Christ died for all of us and if I can't forgive then how can I be forgiven I always think of uh, the harsh words of Jesus because Jesus could be very sharp with his words and it was that it was like um, if you do not forgive men their sins how can God forgive you your sins and that that's always been relevant to me and there's been a lot of times where even when I faced this opposition, because I used to have anxiety attacks 15 years ago. I went through a real tough time with anxiety attacks and I didn't experience any of those until I started going through this stress with all these former employees or people, a group of individuals who were basically against me. But, you know, God has always had to remind me and, and, and uh, tell me like, I love those people too. I love those men. I died for them just like I died for you. And that, that was always powerful for me because 
it really, I guess, sobered me up in the sense that I got to be careful how I view them, even how I discuss them. When you live for yourself and you live to satisfy yourself like a drug and alcohol induced lifestyle brings, you, you become so selfish and you want to hurt people, hurt those people who hurt you, get after those people who got after you or, or whatever. You want to seek revenge. But now as a Christian, leave it in God's hands. But I'm not sitting here waiting, oh God, you get those guys. It's like, no, I forgive them. And however God wants to deal with them, he's a just God. He'll deal with it however he sees fit. God is just, and if you think about it, none of us really wants what we deserve. We all need His forgiveness because every one of us has offended Him. The Bible is clear, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death. But it's also clear that God is merciful, and that He offers forgiveness to whomever will humble himself and receive His Son, Jesus Christ. How is it possible for God to be both just and merciful? Look to the cross and the empty tomb. That's where we see God's justice and His mercy. Jesus' death and resurrection is what made it possible for us to be forgiven. And when you've been forgiven by God, there's no reason to withhold forgiveness from others. If you have any questions or would like a copy of Mario's complete story... You can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. You can also hear today's program online at withoutreservation.com Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.